Hi. Uh, as you may know, we missed a week. And I really do not think that we should miss any more weeks when it comes to the world of politics because so much just seems to happen that we could not even really... I don't even think we fully recapped everything in the first couple of minutes of this episode. Uh, but here we are. So over the weekend, even though Trump wants to escape at the Mar-a-Largo, the problems seem to come with them. And the problem with that is that he doesn't deal with them privately. Then Trudeau came to visit, and all anyone can ever talk about is the handshake. But meanwhile, in Canada, Kevin O'Leary is looking good in front of the Conservative Party. Uh, oh, wait, uh, I should probably mention that uh, Michael Flynn character, the NSA advisor, well, he was advised to resignation. So you can imagine how things are probably going to go with the White House now. Oh my god, guys. Politics. We missed a week, but now we got to catch up on everything. Whose fault host- is that? That's whose fault is that? Well, thank you very much for ruining the intro, Edric. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought that was. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you want to do that again? No, it's okay, fine. No, it's fine. This is. Let's just keep this train rolling. <laughs> oh, okay. I am Michael Lillick. I am Michael Lillick. I am hosting this shit show with uh, Brian McGovern. We missed only one week, but it still. Felt like we missed missed three years. It felt like we missed three years. And Edric Dudang, as always. When you refer to the shit show, do you refer to this show or like the world? I I show? refer to the world because things just keep happening. And like, yeah, we missed a week because I was too busy working. And I feel like even after a weekend of just doing absolutely nothing, I'm so exhausted with reading the news already. Oh yeah. It's like mentally draining and 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 just crippling anxiety and, yeah. and everything. But but everything everything seems to be working fine. But hey, at least at least yeah. John Oliver's back. So <laughs> yeah, yay, we oh, got yeah. yeah, woo, Bill Maher, and John Oliver. I oh, mean, yeah. there's already like a bunch of things that happened uh, the week before. So like Betsy DeVos is now the Secretary of Education. Jeff Sessions is now the Attorney General. Uh, okay. Trump is going to sue the court, <laughs> which is um, absolutely absurd. Um, I'll see you in court, said in court, yeah. to the court. Elizabeth Warren is silent, uh, a silence by Mitch McConnell, which Twitter yeah. did a rage fire which is at. now like the, now meme. The, the feminist slogan of the year 2017. Thank but, you, Mitch McConnell. Who knew you were so progressive? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> Japanese uh, minister visit, yeah. which was like that started a handshake meme. Yeah. So like, uh, and now that we got all that stuff to the, out of the way, and we're like caught up to the weekend, which was uh, Shinzo Abe uh, showing up for a weekend at the Mar-a-Lago estate, apparently. Let's spend a weekend golfing over in Florida because, you know, Trump is two for two right now after how many years of criticizing Obama doing that. Oh, yeah, you guys that know was... there's this there's this rumor that, like, he doesn't even finish golf uh, sessions. Like, he gives up after, like, four four holes or something because <laughs> he, he's he's probably awful. That's the thing. And there's the, there's this rumor that, like, his, his employees would have to finish his rounds with whoever was his guest or whatever. Oh, my God. And I believe it. It might be fake news, but you know, I believe it. I would believe yeah. it too. 
Um, Did you guys know what happened at that dinner? Actually, that was there was something very scandalous about that. So this is the actual scary thing, right? Like we we'll, we can always like jump into me like, haha, that's so funny. He took, I mean, funny, sad, like oh my god, I'm dying inside. But uh, Shinzo Abe, <laughs> like the prime minister of Japan, who has better things to do than play golf with Donald Trump, uh, they have this meeting, and all of a sudden it's like, um, there's this important matter that we should discuss in private. No, let's have all these people that that are in front that are in front of us at this dinner at Mar-a-Lago, at fucking Mar-a-Lago. Let's see all these do- important documents about. Uh, was there? It was a missile test, right, by North Korea? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So the president got like a call from it from the war room saying that uh, North Korea has launched this missile test, and then he ex- immediately expressed that desire to share with the Japanese prime minister. In front of everyone, <laughs> which now, kind of breaches intel. <laughs> <laughs> so. A lot of it. Now, you would think uh, the people of Mar-a-Lago are uh, devotees of Trump and would uh, see for see for the country to not, you know, take pictures of the documents that are being shared around. And Trump literally had there's pictures, guys, of Shinzo and Trump, and that, this is not like paparazzi or, or journalists. This is like people on their Facebooks, like basically like, oh my God, there's ha- there's stuff happening behind me. Yeah, and it's just an absolute disgrace, and it's an it's an absolute disgrace not only because you know it's it's sensitive information that could be shared or acquired by enemies of the United States and their allies, but also the whole Trump campaign is built on her on Hillary's freaking emails and how <laughs> carefree she was with sensitive information, and then here you go. At a worse level of doing it. Right? God, the somebody, world is absolutely disgusting right Somebody now. cracked a uh, joke on Twitter saying like, oh, everything would have been fine if Hillary's emails were just in the middle of Mar-a-Lago. Yeah, exactly. That was that was interesting. Yeah, that was... Uh... <laughs> I mean, that's the thing that keeps going around, right? Like, if Hillary was in the position that Donald Trump is in right now, like, doing the exact same things, like, just change the swaps to the people... How like Republicans would be burning her alive, mm-hmm. which is insane. Like, oh god, it's, it's this is a crazy world we live in right now, guys. And I've said this for like four weeks in a row. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's it, it and it's weird. So I mean, aside from all that, and we need to get onto the topic at Mike Flynn. Uh, because this actually just happened now. A lot of this stuff was unraveling. Uh, word got out over the weekend that he lied to the vice president about the kind of information that he talked about with somebody from Russia over the phone. Um, he apologized and I guess got a little bit of a slap on the wrist, or that's what was getting out there, but recently just sent out his resignation letter. Yeah. So, so yeah, this is another matter of uh, sensitive information being traded, and Flynn had conversations with uh, Russian intelligence that were supposed to be around the you know coordinating in, in in their future plans. Now there was a story, if I recall, from the Washington Post that had nine sources confirming these conversations that took place. Flynn obviously took the denial and even Mike Pence had to come out and kind of like defend him in a major way. Now, obviously they'll never really admit it. Uh, Flynn will just take the bow and bounce. 
But again, this goes into the whole: is is the Trump administration really that evil that they know what they're doing, or mm-hmm. just stupid idiots who are kind of stumbling into anything? And the few e- really evil people will guide Trump through stuff. I now, think this it seems just... to be the latter. I think it just shows the how much strings the Russian government has with the U.S. Uh, government because um, I don't know if you know, but the CIA is actually withholding presenting information to the president because they're feared of the president or his uh, confidants to releasing those sensitive information to Russia. <laughs> and so, like this is from the Washington Post, and obviously it has anonymous sources, but I think that it's true. And you know, and it yeah, got sure. it, and it it really does. It's it's so unhealthy that their own military is withholding information to their own leader, right? Because they fear for their own lives, but they fear for the secret agents that are already like uh, deployed in Russian grounds. And so, you know, if 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 the president accidentally, you know, because he will, um, just nonchalantly um, tell tells Vladimir Putin about this, it's going to be dangerous. For its own military, it and so yeah, for yeah sure. exactly. So it just shows like the complete, like I don't know, lack of empathy or lack or, of trust, or just lack of lack, confidence in it, like a yeah. lot of lacks. Yeah, like oh god. <laughs> <laughs> Let's remind ourselves and and, and our audience that uh, the, a lot of the intelligence agencies and a lot of the intelligence community in the United States they become non-partisanship once they are deep in their jobs. So. The fact that there's reports, uh, again, I think from the Washington Post, that there's Trump aides joining this, this intelligence agencies coming in with like Make America Great Again mugs and other crap into their offices. It's ridiculous. There's no partisanship once you're inside the community. Right. And these guys are just want to do a good job to protect their country, protect their allies. <laughs> and you get Trump monkeys going in there telling them, Trump is, 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 is good. Trump is, is, is our God, basically. So yeah, they're not going to trust him because they know this guy, this guy could release potentially sensitive information to our enemies. Now, granted, uh, one of the major revealing things that people are kind of realizing now is that the president doesn't actually know the whole, every action of the intelligence communities, especially because of the CIA, hmm. but he must, ha- he must, he gets enough information to be aware of every situation in the world. Now, again, this doesn't mean that he knows we paid member of the government B in this so he can do this for us or, you know, we, we got this guy or we got this agent. Like, you know, he doesn't know everything that's happening but must know mm-hmm. enough. And the fact that Trump is just not getting that information, it's scary both ways because if he gets it and tweets it to – or sorry, like texts it to Putin, then, you know – they're screwed. Hmm. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah, it's it's just so sad. You know, like you know, and and you you've never you never see this with Hillary Clinton. I don't think so because yeah. obviously Putin hates Clinton and Clinton hates Putin. Uh, and you, you know, well, there wouldn't be a connection in the first place, right? Like yeah, there wouldn't be, be a connection. Yeah, exactly. So. And 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 since we're Canadians, our Canadian military is quite integrated with U.S. military, um, and so you know it kind of poses a danger to us as well because if sensitive information from Canada uh, that the CIA shared to Do- Donald Trump, and then that involves Canadian troops and it sends to Russia, oh no, that's gonna be so bad. Um, well, there, there's also like something about the Mike Flynn scenario that uh, is weird to me in a sense that. 
the person that he had the conversation with originally of like talking to Russian people and and this is what we talked about whatever was with Mike Pence and Pence did go out on TV saying oh yeah I had a conversation with Mike Flynn and this is what he talked about whatever and like this was during the time where this uh, uh, these calls were taking place so it makes me wonder if like Mike Flynn was originally lying to Pence or if Pence was the one originally lying to everybody it appears to be that he was lying to his own partners and the own Republican members who he, whom he spoke to in an attempt I guess to distance himself or put himself in front of the race of uh, if he thought he was going to be the chosen one to like you know be the be the middleman between the Trump administration and Russia. But right. I mean, this kind of thing just backfire. And it's one of those, it's one of those things where we're seeing people who, you know, basically sold their soul <laughs> to the devil and are finding that it doesn't really pay off. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was like, I, I am looking at his resignation letter and it was kind of weird to me that even after all this resigning or whatever, his last couple of paragraphs are still like he's still drinking the Kool-Aid of like I have oh, full sure. confidence that Trump is going to make America great again and he's good for the American people. Oh, for sure. Like the fact that they keep ending statements with "Make America Great Again" and this other bullshit is just ridiculous. Like, <laughs> or America so, First. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They're so deep into their own bullshit that it's it's just absolutely insane. Now, the one thing uh, I heard today. Uh, podcast from the from the guys who used to be keeping in 1600 the obama bros they they kind of talked about how like how crazy it is to think that now shinzo abe is going to call angela merkel and be like Phew, you're not going to believe the weekend i just had <laughs> <laughs> everyone's going to start to make fun of like can you believe it trudeau right now he's probably laughing his ass off with his aides and like calling all the all the war leaders that he's friends with being like jesus christ this guy is absolutely insane all right because <laughs> we only get like the five minutes when they're holding hands and they're like taking photos right but inside i mean trump's not a different person he's the same crazy monkey yeah i can only imagine that like behind his back the rest of the leaders are like i can't fucking believe the state america is in right now this is ridiculous <laughs> and then they just text obama like bro what's going on and he's like new phone who this i'm in barbados yeah <laughs> i've been the time of my life leave me alone oh, yeah, that's Don't be president. oh my gosh he's having the time of his life yeah. um no he deserves it michael you should intern for them they're, they're they're having an ad you should intern for the for the obama, for the obama thing yeah sure yeah, they're, they're gonna build their whole it's like a museum right like a center like a knowledge center in chicago or dedicated hey. to Barack and if there's anybody that's good at being a knowledge center, it's me. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Now, uh, but before we continue with Trump's uh, aides and whatnot, let's do a little like checkup on assholes who let this whole thing happen. And talk about <laughs> John Chaffetz. You guys remember him? Oh that, oh that guy. Oh gosh, what? So our boy Chaffetz got himself in a little bit of trouble because, of course, he's holding. Uh, he was holding a. What's the term for it? Town, right. town hall. A town hall. A town hall, exactly. Yeah. Thank you so much. A town hall with his constituents, whom very politely, very nicely, asked them, you know, a variety of questions about 
not interrogate, not uh, questioning Trump's authority and his clear issues in in the government that he's in right now, basing on the fact that Chaffetz is supposed to investigate administrations in government who might be doing shady work, and about you know the usual taking away Obamacare and all the other stuff. Now Chaffetz, you know, replied to a lot of the questions, finished his town hall, went behind the backs of his, of the people he had just faced, and told reporters. I think all these people are paid. Yeah. They're paid and they're trying to like bully me and blah, 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 blah. Chaffetz, you spineless son of a gun. Uh, you didn't yeah. have the guts to tell the people in front of you, are you paid? Did someone pay you? Did Obama pay you? <laughs> like, this is insane. This is insane. And this is, again, a guy that allowed this whole thing to happen by focusing so much on Hillary's email. And, he was, and I love how, like, during that time, how a 10-year-old was saying, I believe in science, do you? <laughs> that was, oh, that was beautiful. And then, like, Chaffetz had to, like, use word gymnastics to go out of that. I didn't even really answer the question. So that was... Oh, it's so incredible, isn't it, how, how, how amazingly trained they are at the word gymnastics. That's an excellent phrase for it. Like, well, yeah, yeah, I, I mean, they're, like, bending backwards and forwards to, like, how do, how do I complete this course without breaking my back? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, exactly. also, like, yeah. at the same time, that's a weird statement to make because that's a hell of a lot of people that you would have to pay to sit there and protest in front of you. And I'm yeah, gonna, exactly. And I'm going like, to do something like the, that for yeah. $5. You'd have to give me a shitload of money. <laughs> oh, yeah. And they're like, do your job. Do your job. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's, I don't have you, to do my job. You guys were paid. Ah! But it's, 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 uh, you're, you're seeing in the news, like, you know, the left tea party, right? You're, you're, you're seeing that now. This is exactly what happened in 2008 when the right-wing people started to protest about, you know, about uh, their world is being taken away from them. And so they pretty much are becoming obstructionists. I would say there's a big difference in the sense that the world is literally on the brink of destruction. Yeah, I think one of the biggest, (laughs) one of of the biggest advantages of the left Tea Party was that you can't see a poster that's not misspelled. Oh my gosh! <laughs> remember, remember, like you see, like there's no punctuation in the 2008 like you know Tea Party protests, and like people can't spell. But then I guess liberals can. I mean, I haven't seen a poster that's not misspelled yet <laughs> or background. College educated liberals are for sure able to spell. Wow, man! Yeah, too, too, bad too bad their president can't. I mean, like. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of the president, we should probably talk about the Canadian uh, and the U.S. visit. Yeah, I was thinking like that would be a perfect segue onto the Canadian stuff is to have like the meeting of the two leaders. Yeah, I love. Oh, Twitter was like going at it. It was just so funny. So here's Um, the scene of like uh, uh, Trudeau coming out of the vehicle and meeting Trump for the first time. Trump extends the hand to shake and tries to pull Trudeau closer. But you can see Trudeau's hand jostling back and forth as he's trying to keep in place and not like get sucked in <laughs> by the orange mass that is Donald Trump. Uh, Wait, did so you funny. make that up or did you read that? <laughs> I, 
I, I watched it happen on my Twitter feed thanks to like CNN's video. Oh, I remember. <laughs> that's just vivid. Was, that's just there, how imaginative Michael is. The, there, there was so much. There was so much good jabs in Twitter. There was this one where um, I enjoy. Um, I enjoyed Trudeau speaking. I enjoyed listening to Trudeau speaking French and English, but I can't. But Trump can't even barely speak English. <laughs> <laughs> and then you know Anna Navarro. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So so Anna Navarro tweeted and said that like, oh, I'm gonna watch the press conference, but I'm gonna mute it because I can't stand hearing Donald Trump speak. But I but I want to look at Justin Trudeau. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. Well, it was like but, a really yeah. interesting juxtaposition the entire time he was down there. Yeah, but the thing is, is that it wasn't like he didn't get any headlines from the U.S. media. Like, you know, not as much as Barack Obama's, you know, their visit where they were well, clearly creating uh, romance. But like Trump and Trudeau's visit wasn't as uh, covered as much as that the previous one. Mm. I mean, it didn't brought forward anything really like there's no new announcement there's no like it was just a formal visit to introduce one another to i mean i guess trump showed him his carpet or something (laughs) and uh and for trudeau and trump to discuss things privately where probably trudeau's like don't fuck this up and trump's like what did you say and like nothing you're great (laughs) uh now i i i love let's just really quickly and, and then in many other ways prove how Donald Trump is an actual human being like how is this person real his handshakes are just absolutely ridiculous because he goes for it and somebody I mean he's probably in his brain he's like I gotta be the bigger man and I gotta shake it harder and I gotta pull it that, that way I'm the best one and that's how he does and it just looks absolutely ridiculous so kudos on Trudeau for, for not not backing up from that but yeah. yeah I mean this meeting wasn't really worthwhile for anything just you know, yeah, if, Trudeau, if Trudeau yeah, keeps Trudeau, falling in the in the um, keeps like doing bad stuff, people will take that photo and just use it against him. And yeah, Trudeau was Trudeau consistently displayed his brand, right? You know, that that charismatic, um, attractive um, world leader coming in and being respectful, being kind, and being um, and his charm just taking over everyone. And you're seeing that here, um, and you, you see that with every. Wherever he goes, like everyone loves him. So <laughs> and there was something so, very specific about when they were all meeting with all those other female CEOs in that one boardroom to discuss uh, women stuff. <laughs> Sorry, it was it was a female executives. They were talking about yeah. no, it's a new policy, joint U.S. policy. Yeah, for like female entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs or, or yeah. what have you. Uh, there was a very weird very specific photo op to have Ivanka sit right next to Trudeau. Oh yeah, and then and then like Reddit was like going at it when like Ivanka's like totally illusioned by Justin Trudeau's beautiful eyes yeah. and, and how he's <laughs> and I how mean, like at the end of the day, like Ivanka still really has no reason to ever be at the White House for anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? She for sure has a reason. She has to Stand there. Uh, remember, remember, she keeps, she keeps Trump. She keeps Trump in the good side because remember right. he tweeted that. She's Which, by like, the way, we we haven't even talked about the whole freaking like Ivanka's clothes debacle thing. Oh yeah. Which I don't even know if I want to at this point. God, this world sucks right now. Oh, I mean, like 
aside from the fact that you know Nordstrom is no longer carrying the Ivanka brand because it doesn't sell, you can talk about the greater picture that is a whole bunch of other retail places that are going to drop Trump branded things. Man, shout out to Nordstrom. I really didn't care much about them because I thought everything was like too expensive. But you know, kudos to you. Yeah. For doing something business savvy that became a political statement. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, we're just going to do business as normal. And hey, look at this opportunity to make us look good. Yeah, for sure. That. For sure. Yeah, I did love but... the barrage of pictures that had uh, Ivanka's clothes with uh, discount tags and with 99 <laughs> cents tags. So right. that was great. Well, I feel, well, I don't really feel bad for Ivanka's, um, oh, like, for clothing sure. Line. But because I'm pretty sure that uh, he's still raking, she's still raking the money from the hotels and stuff. So right. Oh really yeah. Um, um, but then uh, aside from that little uh, get together with the ex- female executives and when they went in front of the press to answer a bunch of questions, most of the questions were really just kind of soft ball things. Um, mm. One of the questions was about how, or somebody asked how. Trudeau felt about his uh, policies for like refugees or whatever and Trudeau said something to the effect of well like I don't think Canada would appreciate it if I came down to another country and told it how to run itself or something yeah yeah exactly Um, I think uh, I think he was asked by a journalist I don't know I wasn't I don't context but he was basically saying that quote unquote I I do not give lectures to it's not right for me to give a lecture to To, to the oh word lecture. Yeah, yeah, right. What a what? And <laughs> and to get off the subject of refugees, Trump basically talked about his electoral college win again, like he always does. Great. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the one thing that I really liked about this visit was how Trudeau was very prepared for it. Um, so one of the things that he's done was uh, he enlisted the former Prime Minister Brian Mulroney. Um, he's quite popular with the U.S. counterparts, and so he hired him to, like, you know, lay the ground game and stuff. Like, what does Trump want? And then he led his cabinet ministers there to just, you know, lay the game again, set the atmosphere, and then pro- probably practice his handshake. Like, I'm pretty sure it was practiced. <laughs> Man, it must have been tough for for the Trudeau team when they got in and the Trump security were like, Wait, 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 stop that guy. And they were like, no, he's our defense minister. He, uh, yeah. He's and in charge of our missiles and stuff. What? Oh, yeah. So, like, <laughs> shoot him down or something. And then, uh, what was it again? Um, they, they had to find a silver, Come silver on, Andrew, frame with maple leaves. There's maple leaves and stuff. So, you know, did his homework and, <laughs> oh gosh. So, but, it didn't really go anything, as you say, Brian. Like, the NAFTA deal is still kind of nebulous as well. Yeah. Um, it was a very and... boring... It was, it was one of those things that it was a very boring meetup, but at the end of the day, it was actually good for Trump that the whole thing was very boring. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, Trudeau, <laughs> make, Trudeau made Trump look good with yeah. that, you know, the female executives thing and then the picture and, and you Except know. that he made him look awful by, by being a... a, a a decent looking man in front of a <laughs> disgusting <laughs> orange monster. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. So that, by the uh, way, I'm still pissed about no reaction to to my previous joke. But I, I did <laughs> want to say just to end this real quick, I really like the you mentioned the the fun Reddit and, and internet had on Ivanka's googly eyes of Trudeau. 
uh, how some uh, a tweet I saw was that uh, wait for Jared Kushner to like start plotting to send nukes to Ottawa just because of that. <laughs> <laughs> so. Hey man, Trudeau's like uh, uh, you know he's 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 married, but you know if he was single, holy crap, like every. <laughs> it would be Trudeau Mania all over again as the young well, ladies. Trudeau Mania died, uh, but yeah, well, yeah. we'll we'll talk about that part later. Uh, <laughs> that trick. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Anyways, uh, should we? Uh, are you done, Brian? Uh, yeah, I guess if if that wraps up for the U.S. for for this week. Yep. Wait, wait five minutes for more stuff to happen, though. So don't worry about that. We'll call you up in the middle of the night and. Get you to record. <laughs> yeah. The so, only thing that I want to talk about was is Kevin O'Leary's kind of well, lopsided performances. Sure, it's, but there are some other things that I felt like bringing up. What? Uh, so for one thing, uh, our BC premier Christy Clark accusing the NDP of hacking their website. Oh, that was so bad. What the hell is that? I don't understand. Like. Uh, I do not understand in the first place. I guess, like, she's uh, blaming it all on, like, a heat of the moment kind of thing, trying to come up with an answer and saying immediately, oh, NDP is behind this. We don't know why they would do that, but we know it was them or some kind of nonsense. And then. Yeah, but, but I really feel like it's playing into the kind of, you know, fake news thing. Right. Like, do you, like that's what, that's the, that's the vibe that I got. Right. Right. I mean, um, you know, I think Christy Clark, she's very smart and, you know, she knows how to campaign well. And so maybe she's capsulating on, you know, the, 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 what politics is now about misinformation and fake news, but it totally backfired. Um, no one, it didn't create the, the sense of, um, media firestorm that usually that these tactics would go for. And it just looked, she just looked like an idiot. <laughs> I mean, like uh, I, I know that she she's uh, uh, meticulous in the kind of things that she does uh, when it comes to politics, but I do feel like she does come up with these things every once in a while that are a huge misstep. Uh, this NDB hacking their website as is like probably the largest misstep in a long time save for like the last time of doing yoga on the bridge <laughs> <laughs> that was so bad yeah. oh god but um and they were spearheading that so bad yeah but like i you almost want to look at something like this as like being the biggest black mark on her record of like flat out accusing a different political party of something so ridiculous yeah that exactly. it, it it does kind of beg the question though if by the time the election comes around is like, that's not going to be something that anybody remembers about Christy Clark of like, Oh, here's this lady that wants to stay as premier so bad that she'll just make shit up. But the thing is, is that I feel like the reason why they had to retract it is because, uh, it's really hard to keep, you know, um, keep, keep, reiterating that lie or that claim for every MP. Like, this is a different than a presidential campaign, right? Where, you know, there's only one candidate. Right. Of, um, but in a, in a province-wide election, there's like 85 people. And then 85 people, you have to unilaterally, unilaterally, um, 
have a singular form of communication. And you can't do that if they're trying to defend the lie. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then obviously the journalists will take note of that and put it as their headline and will and we'll make uh, Chrissy Clark look bad. Um, so, but I don't know where they got that from. Like, it really speaks, it really reeks of fake news to me, mm-hmm. like, like taking advantage of that. And so, yeah, so I'm glad that she's getting some punishment for doing that move. <laughs> Well, do you think um, that, like, the reign of Christy Clark is going to come to an end at some point? Because the last election, did, she didn't even win her seat. Somebody else no, in the yeah, party had to give it up for her. No, yeah, but she government. And, like, before, in the start of that election, the NDP was, like, 20 points ahead. Yeah. And then for some reason, she, she won a majority. But, like, do you think about these things, though? Like, do you think that the public view these parties on a national level more than a provincial level? No, yeah, I, I think you're... Mm, you, but, like, what do you mean? Because, like, do you, like, do you think that, like, whatever kind of shit that Christy Clark pulls um, is, like, whatever that is, but the fact that Trudeau is the face of the Liberal Party as a whole, do you think people will have that more in mind than actually... Well, the thing is, is that the distinction is... BC Liberals are not connected with the Liberal Party of Canada at all. They just okay. have, they share the same name, but they don't, they don't like, they're not, the Liberal Party of Canada isn't licensing their name. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, they're, like, BC Liberals just call themselves BC Liberals and their, and their policies is more to the, the to the Conservatives, actually. So, um, so, so yeah, and you really do see that. <laughs> yeah. And which, um, and you know, I'm like, I talked to my NDP friends and they were saying that, hey, do you think that people will mistakenly vote for BC liberals just because of Justin Trudeau? And then yeah. it's like, yeah, we gotta work on that. Well, like, that's because... exactly my, my frame of mind because I, I look at this stuff. I'm basically, if you compare me to, uh, you or Brian, I'm, the average Joe when it comes to politics. <laughs> yes. So, like, my frame of mind is exactly that of the everyman of thinking, oh, well, the BC Liberals are exactly like the Liberals, so why should I vote for them if I don't like what the Liberals, like, <laughs> federally are doing, so... <laughs> yeah. and, and, then, and you gotta keep in mind that Trudeau is still somewhat popular, yeah. right? I mean, like, sure, he, he lost some, you know, left-leaning voters because of the Canoe Morgan pipeline, but but you know he's still relatively, um, you know, popular, and that will show, especially when BC Liberals have the word "liberal" in their party name. Mm. <laughs> and and it, I, it wouldn't surprise me if they get like a hundred votes from from just name recognition. <laughs> so. Right. Yeah. Right. So 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 that's so that's that. Okay. Um, so let's move BC, on to. Yeah. Um, Kevin O'Leary, then, yeah, before we yeah, move so, back over to those liberals for something else. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, just, just to touch on the, just to close out the liberals, I mean, John Horgan is still kind of not known yet. Like, the public isn't, isn't really aware who he is. Right. Um, and so, you know, it's the NDP's job is to promote him and, and, and be, make him more likable and be more engaged and stuff like that. But I don't know. We'll see about their campaign when, when the election starts. Um, so Kevin O'Leary, oh gosh, there was a debate today. Obviously no one knows that except for me. <laughs> and it shows only 11 people out of the 14. So I think Pierre Lemieux, Brad, Pierre Lemieux, Brad Trost, and I don't know the other guy. 
but he's not needed anyway. Yeah, <laughs> he's not important. So, Whatever. Yeah. So so polling shows, and there's been there's been consistent polling throughout this race that Kevin O'Leary is ahead. He's first by like twenty two percent, and then Max Bernier is twenty percent. Then Ke- Kelly Leach is fifteen percent, and then I think out. Chris Alexander's 11%, and then whatever, whatever. So, yeah, so Kevin O'Leary and Max Bernier are the two top contenders. And in this debate, uh, from what I've seen, is that everyone is targeting the two of them. Right. Which was different, because in the last debate, I think, and I don't know where that was, but um, it was Kevin O'Leary's debut debut on a debate stage. He was being targeted by everyone. <laughs> sure, and, yeah. And I think, like, their communications people have said, like, you cannot just target one person because it makes them look good. So, and then, so that's. Is that something that they understand, though? Because, like, this isn't the first debate where everybody targeted Kevin O'Leary. It was, like, the first time when all 14 of them were sitting down at a table. Yeah, exactly. No, exactly. And then that's what I said that, like, in the second debate, instead of targeting primarily Kevin, you should target Max Bernier as well, since. You know, so you can't, you don't, you don't, you don't, you know, the public doesn't victimize only one person. They victimize two people and you can't really victimize two people. Right? So, so don't that, that's don't attack one person, attack, attack two people. You have broaden your yeah. horizon of attacks. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because, you know, that's the thing is like, if you just like singularly attack one person, it makes the public feel bad for them. And you don't want the public to... Give sympathy to your opponent. That that's not a good thing. And sympathy is a very powerful sentiment that drives voters. So, um, so instead of attacking just Kevin, they attack Max Bernier. And so, um, it was so funny. Stephen Blaney brought a glass of milk and started drinking it. Um, in res- this is a so <laughs> I, I... It's, it's such a stupid jab because yeah. the milk was um the milk was a jab to Max Bernier because he wants to end supply management and supply management is a policy that helps dairy farmers right so so, so I so, have to ask yeah. the question then because like uh, from the last podcast we already know who Kevin O'Leary is or and why people would attack him but you have to explain to me why people would be attacking Max Bernier at this point. oh. Okay. Yeah, so they are attacking Max Bernier because he's the well. First of all, he's the second place contender, right? So he's quite popular, and he's and he, he's very attractive in Quebec as well. So obviously, um, he's getting they. It's a ranked vote um, um, election, like their their the leadership race, the conservative leadership race. So it's ranked ballot, and so Max Bernier is getting a lot of traction from. Um, Quebec and 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 BC and Ontario, so that's worrying. And also, he's a top donor; like he's raised m- more money than any other contender. So obviously, he's a juggernaut, and that's why they want to target him. And the thing is, is that they can only target Max, Max Bernier from his policies, um, and they're targeting Kevin for his, you know, character. So right. you know, it's kind of different. Um, you know, like the milk thing, for example, that's not gonna stick. In fact, I think that's just, I think that, like, Stephen Blaney, who did that, is probably gonna get, like, lose some points from that, because that's just so corny. Wow. Like, <laughs> it's like, um, wow, I didn't know somebody was gonna show up to the debate as a prop comic to try and sway some. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. And um, I still don't get the appeal of Kevin. Uh, Kevin, I mean Max Bernier, because um, his policies are. Like, I don't really agree with them. Like right. he's wanting to um, end like equalization payments, which is basically a policy that gives um, the federal government normally gives a normal sum of money to a province, and he wants to end that. So that's so weird. Uh, so how are we going to fund our healthcare, right? And so he's he's basically proposing that. Healthcare is a provincial right, and so therefore, it's not the federal government's responsibility to fund provinces' healthcare. But if the federal government doesn't prevent, doesn't support the uh, provinces, then our healthcare is going to be in shambles. So yeah. that's my that's my kind of you know. Then that's probably one of those things that he just doesn't necessarily understand. Well, I think that's one of his, but his voters don't understand, right? Right. Um, like you know, you can't. It, it 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 will negatively I think it will negatively affect his voters if he if he actually implements his policies but they don't know because they like Max Bernier he they feel like he's smart they feel like he's innovative enough um so so yeah it's going to be very interesting and obviously Kevin O'Leary is Kevin O'Leary he's he's not politically correct like you know he he he's he'll say whatever he wants like he's he said. To a crowd that Canadian soldiers shouldn't be honored because there's no honor in battle. Like, <laughs> okay, and then 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 that drew well, some you know, ire. Kevin O'Leary from... is a lover, not a fighter. <laughs> exactly. So so they love that. You know, um, like the way that he speaks. He's a very eloquent speaker. Um, you know, from his from his TV stunts, and um, and now in the debate he's showing that and. You know, sometimes I don't really understand what he's saying, but he says it in a way that, um, well, like, what what I mean by that is Kevin O'Leary, like, tells about, like, investors and banking and stuff like that, which I don't really understand, unless you're, like, in a finance major. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he says it in a way that, that is attractive and, you know, confident, and so I think that's where, that's where appeal goes for. But, but, you know, it's still, like, the leadership is in May, so I don't think... There's not going to be much stuff that's going on yet. They, there's still Tom. plenty of time for these things to get screwed up somehow. Poor Michael Chong, Poor sitting Michael at Chong. 5%. His his carbon tax policy is getting criticized by every conservative. Uh, uh, maybe things yeah. will come around for him, <laughs> little guy. At least, <laughs> at least Kelly Leach is not as... Uh, <laughs> Kelly Leach isn't... Uh, isn't picking any traction at all. Good. Uh, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like uh, Kelly Leach's former supporters went to Kevin O'Leary because of his, you know, um, his Cause, attractive Because he's nicer than Leach is. He's got, yeah, he's well, got a name that, that flows. <laughs> Kevin O'Leary's like pro-choice, pro-marijuana, and, and, and <laughs> LGBTQI. So he, he gets like the whole... Gender spectrum. He doesn't care about the social so, social conservative values, which is so funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so I don't know, man. This this race is so weird. Yeah, um, I wouldn't be surprised if Kevin wins. To be honest, I wouldn't be surprised at all. So would that um, be good for? Wait, then the question is: Would that be good for Canada, or would it be good for the Conservative Party? No, I, like I think like many people are saying that Kevin O'Leary is like Trump, but I don't think so at all, and I think that's a very unpopular opinion. But you know, he he, he his policies are so different, and 
he's not the same, you know, kind of dunce as Trump, right? Like, he speaks perfect English. Right. <laughs> like, he doesn't sound like an idiot. <laughs> he sounds like a very eloquent man. And so, um, from what that says to Canada, I don't know. Um, he has the social, like, he's, he's the, he's very social liberal, right? So, it won't hurt Canada's kind of identity, but obviously his economic policies will be very interesting because he's a neoliberal, so he's going to uh, expand free trade in China and India. And... Then why is he going? Then why is he running conservative? Exactly, that's the criticism where like uh, people are making fun of that. You should be in the liberal party then if you don't believe in the social conservative values. Mm-hmm. Um, but he doesn't. I don't know. I mean, he hates Trudeau's liberals, I think. I don't know. That's weird. Uh, but I wanted to go back to... I'm sorry if you heard that. I wanted to go back to the liberals because there was a anti-Islamophobia motion that was going to be passed on Oh, Wednesday? motion 301, yes. Yeah. That was uh, me and our colleague. You remember our colleague? We had a very heated uh, discussion about that. Um, so basically, motion 103 is basically condemning Islamophobia and all religious discrimination and, and, and I think, oh no, institutionalized racism and, uh, religious discrimination. Now, now, where I had a problem with it and, um, a lot of people had a problem with it and I think 70,000 people. So, so the reason why there was such a lot of controversy around it is because it's putting Islamophobia, that word, into, into a government, um, paper, which kind of sends um, and people are basically fearing is like, is this a legal precedent for like a bill or a legislation that puts Islamophobia there? And why, and why is Islamophobia so controversial? Well, basically, um, in the wiki definition is based, uh, Islamophobia defines as hatred, prejudice, um, and dislike to Islam culture and politics. Now, if the word, since Islamophobia still has like, it's still like a nuanced definition. Like, is it just intolerant fear and hatred? Or is it, is, is Islamophobia like a dislike just for the, for the religion, right? Right. So there, there's not a clear definition there. And I guess, and I guess that's why there were so many, including me, that was, um, oh, is this like a kind of a legal precedence? But then I realized that it's just a motion, right? It's not it's not a law or a legislation. Right. Um so it's not something that's binding. It's not even it's not even it's not even a non binding motion. So <laughs> like the government doesn't really have a like the government can choose whether to do it or not. So like But I guess um, it's the idea I guess it's the idea that Islamophobia, like you were saying earlier, like Islamophobia is the word being used in this. Yeah, exactly. And, and so, yeah, its definition is problematic. Yeah, um, especially in college campuses as well, where people are being um, unjustifiably labeled as an Islamophobe just because they criticize their religion. Right. And, um, and so, yeah, it doesn't I, really. I do have, to- yeah. So, like, it, I guess I can totally see where you're coming from because. These phobia words that people use, uh, they're using them quite liberally these days. Yeah, yeah, to just label and shut down debate and discussion, which mm-hmm. is, you know, which is bad. And, like, it's one of those, like, buzzwords that people will label each other. So, 
Um, oh, my brother's here. Anyways, um, but yeah, um, so Motion 103 is not, it's not uh, binding, so it's not really something that's worrying. And that was another week where we crammed as much politics as we could into an hour. How did we do? You can drop us an email at mail at newsfriends.net. Send us questions our way. Or you can also follow us on Twitter. Uh, Brian McGovern is at MCGBrian. Edric Dudang is at Edric Dudang. And I, Michael Ullick, am at L-Y-L-Y-L-Y-L-Y-K. If you want to support what we do and the work that we put into this and our many other podcasts over at NewsFriends, you can go to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash newsfriends to donate as little as a dollar or as much as you want. Uh, it'll, any uh, donation does help us grow and improve the quality of everything that we do over here at NewsFriends. On behalf of me and everybody else on the podcast this week, thank you so much for listening. We will be guaranteed to be back next week Hopefully also with a name for this thing. I know we haven't quite gotten there yet, but, you know, there's so many things that you can name this thing. That I don't even know where to start. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. Next week, ciao.